Manufacturer Podcast. Today we bid a fond farewell to our series on leadership. Let's hear if the editorial team have been paying attention through another irresponsibly long-running series. But before all that, Digital Manufacturing Week is just around the corner. So let's hear from some of the leaders attending both the Manufacturing Leaders Summit and the SME Growth Summit. Stand by for all that and more in today's episode. Good day to you, listener. Friday the 4th of November. Oh, just before Guy Fawkes night. Woof. I've got a couple of firecrackers with me here, eager to make a bang and light up the gloomy skies with their vast knowledge and intellect. Lana and Joe, say hello. 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 Hello, Tom. Hello, Lana. How are we doing, guys? We're good. Good, thanks. Good. Th- I hate fireworks, by the way. Just thought I'd throw that in there. I was going to say, and you, you've got a wee dog, haven't you, as well? Yeah, I, well, that's I, why I hate fireworks. They, cause, they cause too much stress to pets, and I think they're unnecessary, mm. so there you go. I do like them, but I do understand and I do agree with what you're saying. I don't. I wonder if it's the same for snakes, because no, they're... No, I, I can't imagine they're particularly bothered. But they only hear through vibrations, so I wonder if they're hearing... I've got a snake, by the way. Um, oh yeah, this wasn't just a random sort of, oh, I wonder what snakes feel about fireworks, yeah. <laughs> but like, because they hear through vibrations, I wonder if that's really loud for them and really just distressing as well. Does he look like he's distressed? I've never looked, but I'm going to look this time yeah. and I will report back. Look, we're waving bye-bye to leadership and actually we've timed it quite nicely, right? Because we can we can take a look at the... Uh, or some of the stellar speakers within a stellar lineup of leaders within manufacturing. Uh, of course, from our Manufacturing Leaders Summit, uh, it's the go-to event of the year for anyone uh, working as a manufacturing organisation with a turnover greater than £100 million. But also, let's not for one minute forget our SME Growth Summit, because of course SMEs make up such a large percentage of UK manufacturing. So we're going to hear uh, from plenty of leaders at both events. Let's give you a taste of that. Lana mentioned last week that uh, she's done an interview with Natalie Watson. It's a group head of sustainability at Vita Group. She's cool, right? Yeah. Um, we talked a bit about her last week, but she's cool. Uh, her keynote is uh, taking place on day two of MLS and will be uh, on working with value chains to deliver valuable environmental impact data disclosure. Of course, uh, full interview available in the Manufacturing Magazine November edition. Let's hear her, shall we? When we're talking about data disclosure, it's about aligning with the right metrics, with the right calculations. And I think that one of the challenges we faced in our early scope three kind of disclosure period, and this was slightly before my time, was with um, using the global warming potential calculation um, across spend data. So then when everything happened across Europe, you know, with with war and conflicts in Ukraine and Russia, um, and obviously the the inflation then of raw materials in particular, you know, fossil fuel derived carbon, that that impacted our spend data hugely. So therefore, our scope three emission data shot up exponentially. Um, But actually, there wasn't really a great deal of change in our emissions. If anything, our behaviours across scope three um, were, were reduced. But because of that inflation of prices and the way we calculated our emissions to begin with that sh- you know showed I think it was like you know probably don't don't quote me on the numbers I'm sure you can find it their exact figures but I think it's like 550k um mm-hmm. 
dropped up to like 750k or whatever so you know it was like a 51 percent jump and um, just because of the level of calculation so we're we're now um we've now not we haven't started again because we have a, a partnership with Snyder Electric and kind of jumping about a bit it kind of does lend to that partnership collaboration piece using the expertise that we just we we openly accept that we don't have that you know we, we won't have all the, the answers and expertise mm -hmm. in how um and by, by the time you've kind of you know trained and, and qualified you know or, or kind of extracted that from the market you may as well go and use a partner or a consultant that has that level of expertise and work together on it so that's what we're we're doing with our scope three but we're now calculating our intensity so our data over the next three years will be very accurate because we're actually collecting it at source now but in order to um make the journey we just wanted to make a start so i guess it's the age old saying like you know don't let perfection be the enemy of the good because you know we wanted to you know not wait until we've got everything aligned and then make the move we wanted to just let's go let's stop yeah. and try and make sense of it somehow um, and as we're going along we're, we're amending and we're adapting and stuff and i think the the biggest step was starting, um, but the challenge was, was certainly picking out the, the the thousands worth of data and, and the calculations and stuff to make sense of the numbers that were coming in. Nice one, Natalie. A good bit of insight there. And uh, I think I told you, didn't I, when we did the manufacturing sustainability uh, category for TMMX, for judging category, she was great, but I was obviously there just as a moderator. And she was like talking to me like loads, like, like really enthusiastically talking to me and being like, oh, this and that and this and that. It's like, oh, Natalie, like amazing, but don't tell me this. Go tell the judges. Oh, yeah. I'm no good to you. Yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't help you. No, no, literally, I was just stood there vigorously nodding my head and kind of nodding it toward the, the people she needs to be speaking to. She is great. Though, yeah. And she'll be a great addition to MLS. Yeah. I mean, in the interview, she provided so many good points. Um, so, yeah, like you said, I'm sure she'll be even better at MLS. Um, but from speaking with her, one thing that sort of really came across um, about the Vita group Vita group? Vita we had group? this discussion last week, didn't we? Is it, we, we couldn't really decide whether it was it Vita is, or uh, Vita. Or... It, it, I think it's Vita. Did Vita. I just say that? Yeah. Vita. Um, yeah, basically about how happy they are to share all of their experiences and the challenges. And she mentioned that they view their annual sustainability report as um, sort of like an open window to show in the rest of the sector what they're doing. Um, and I just... Yeah, I just love that, the way that they're doing that and, and many other manufacturers, how they view their sustainability journeys as, as a group effort and how everybody's willing to share insights on what they've achieved or, or what they haven't achieved um, because it's such a big goal for everyone. But yeah, um, make sure you're at MLS mm -hmm. to listen to that. Absolutely. Another speaker from that summit will be Richard Lloyd. His keynote is going to be on accelerating the elimination of waste. Let's hear from him now. I caught up with him earlier in the week. We are finding ways now where we can accelerate that reduction in waste by some of the technologies. And I think the best and one at the moment that we're really moving along with is where we are 3D printing our spare parts. We were doing that a year ago, and I was really proud that we were 3D printing our spare parts. There's a lot of sustainable benefits by 
you're not bringing the parts in from around Europe where they came from. Um, but the really impressive bit now is we're using closed loop. We're using a waste stream within our facility. So our facility is zero waste to landfill. We have some plastic that comes into the factory. The labels that go onto our bottles come in on plastic. And we're now using that plastic waste stream to make the filament that we then 3D print our machine parts with. On the digital side, we want to make sure that everyone on site has the best information to take the right focused action. And we've gone out and partnered within the supply chain with a couple of businesses that have really helped us understand our energy usage on site, our machine performance by bringing the data out of these machines that we've had for years, but then presenting the data in a much more usable way. And actually where we've taken a bit of good old artificial intelligence and taking historical data over a previous 12 months, putting it together with literally the performance of the machine over the last couple of hours. And then the system saying, um, here you are, this is what you should go and have a look at. Now that's only come about from us truly going out and partnering within the supply chain with other businesses and really opening your door and saying, come and work with us. We know you haven't got a finished product. It's going to benefit you. It's going to benefit us and going out and really partnering with someone else. Every single one of these projects I'm talking to you about has a huge number of cross-functional people who have worked on it to bring it to life. And, and you can imagine the satisfaction they have that when they know through their work and efforts, they're delivering a reduction of CO2, they're taking X amount of inks out of the world there. So I think it's just by giving people the opportunity to work in in projects where they can go and make a material change, and then it just becomes self-fulfilling. Nice. So those two speakers, uh, you may well be hearing from again, actually, I suspect, in our sustainability series, which returns for part two, swiftly after this. Oh, Joe, you also spoke to Rab Scott, didn't you? Director of Industrial Digitalization at AMRC Factory 2050. He's giving a keynote at the same summit, MLS, on the future of manufacturing. So I suspect he also touched on sustainability, did he? As well as new technologies and skills, I believe. Yeah, he did the whole gamut, really. I mean, um, his keynote at MLS is going to be a, a, a stock check, if you like, on mm. on what is just over now a decade since the term uh, Industry 4.0 was was coined. So, you know, he's going to take a look at what's what's happened, what, um, what predictions have come true, what, what predictions have... Uh, were, were unfounded. We got we got clips of him. Can we? Can we? Have you? Did you record his interview? I did. Video? I did. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, we could we could hear from him a bit, then, couldn't we? I guess we could. You could yeah. When Industry Four was first proposed, there was the dystopian view out there that uh, jobs would be taken over. You would lose your job to a robot. Automation would displace these jobs, and the the factory of the future would have. Two employees, a man and a dog, I think it was what was said. Uh, the man would be there to feed the dog and the dog would be there to make sure the man didn't touch any of the machines. <laughs> we haven't got there. 
It hasn't come to pass. In fact, there was a report in 2015 by Deloitte, as you know, that's half of that decade back, called From Brawn to Brains, that identified that yes, 800,000 jobs had been lost to automation, but, but that 3.2 million had been created by automation, and those jobs were worth about 10,000 pounds more each than the jobs that had been displaced. So actually, you know, we're seeing a, a drive for upskilling into higher value jobs. Um, what's come true? What is coming true is that data is now the new oil, but like oil, Clive Humby, I think it was said, um, like oil, it needs refining, because otherwise, if you don't do anything with it, that data is a cost. And that's what we're still seeing with manufacturers. They know they've got to collect data, but they don't know what to do with it. And they don't actually know what value they got in the data that they've collected. And they don't necessarily know where to go for help around that. So, you know, the predictions, lots of technologies have arrived on the shop floor. A lot of these are still siloed because of the challenges around connectivity, around cybersecurity. And a lot of them are still in um, proof of concept or um, I, I think someone said recently, proof of concept purgatory. It's, it doesn't get anywhere beyond that because they haven't really considered the broader enterprise and how you adopt these technologies into the enterprise. So, so the vision, I, I don't think the vision has necessarily been delivered for all manufacturers. Some have, and some are really accelerating through this and seeing the benefits of these, but Others have struggled to start that transformation journey. Now, we promised some examples of SME Growth Summit speakers as well. Let's start right at the beginning, shall we? Because kicking off that conference is Katrina Ritchie at Gripple. She's the Director of People and Culture. Now, you may remember her actually from our Skills and People pod series earlier in the year her keynote is going to be on why gripple has banned hr hashtag wtf should, <laughs> should we take a listen yeah 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 let's take a listen well we banned it simply because we want our leaders to be responsible for the people not another department because when leaders are responsible they're you know they get that uh, accountability and they know the people really well we want um leaders to make decisions about their people and not another team so i think the key thing is because we're employee owned um that forms the bedrock of our su success my role is to make sure we've got um the right leaders in the business they're being yeah. developed so that they're leading people properly but i also think there's no need for hr as well because if we hire the right people we develop them, we've got a strong leadership, then there's minimal need for HR. Yeah. So uh, in the traditional form, because, you know, we've got very low um, rates in terms of performance management, disciplinaries, all that formal stuff you relate to HR because we're bringing in uh, the best people. Yeah, sure. We're managing them properly. Our leaders are managing them, managing them properly. We've got McLaren and Rolls-Royce in Sheffield. So all the kids want to go and do their apprenticeship there, much sexier businesses. So we are we have got a real challenge in attracting particularly young talent because of that. 
So one of the ways we addressed it, we got into schools. So as part of developing our leaders and people in the business, we said, right, you know, uh, go and give a talk in that school. They go in, they'd go and improve their presentation skills and confidence. They'd talk about the business and the kids would get to hear all about Gripple and feel excited about it. We do lots of work experience placements. We we have strong links with schools. So we've actually got some of our leaders who sit on, on as governors or on school trust boards as part of the development. So they'll go and do that. And uh, so there's there's very strong links there with the school schools. And we'll do things like uh, we attend um, school careers events, but we'll send an apprentice and a junior manager and we get them all, all the stuff. They'll go and set up a little table and talk to a load of kids about and get them excited about Gripple. So that's one way, I think, getting really involved in your community and your schools. But the other thing, um, and it's a very simple man mantra, and it's one that I'm adopting, uh, that I've adopted and will feature heavily in our next five year plan in terms of the people agenda. And it is so simple. And it is, you just need to treat people right, manage them right, and pay them right. That keynote is going to be well worth a listen, let me tell you. Uh, of course, attracting and keeping talent is important for, for everyone, but, but particularly in those smaller companies that are looking to grow. Lana, who have you been speaking to ahead of SME Growth Summit? Um, so I have been speaking to Susan Brench, who's the CEO of Starbonds. Every time I hear Starbonds, I just think of the little Starburst sweets. Uh, and I yeah. get kind of excited. But Opal fruits. What? Opal fruits. I don't. Is this what they were called like years ago before they were rebranded? Yes, they were. Are you once again? Once again showing who's <laughs> Changed their name about the same time as uh, Snickers changed their name from Marathon, yeah. I, uh, I didn't know these things mm, at all. True wow. story. That is so interesting. Made to make your mouth water. That was Opal fruits, little tagline, little slogan. Made to make your mouth water. So it used to pop up on your black and white television. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Afraid so. Well, yeah. Starbonds isn't uh, a sweet manufacturer. Um, but yeah, Susan will be delivering a keynote at SME Growth Summit around the company's innovation journey. Uh, Starbonds is a former University of York green chemistry spin-out. Uh, which was first incorporated in 2012 and then became an independent company in 2017. Starbonds manufactures mesoporous carbons from bio-renewable biomass. So basically, in simpler terms, a starbon is like a, sp a solid sponge which allows different species to pass through it or stick to it. Um, and basically, this allows the sustainable capture or separation of substances without the need for high temperature or pressure conditions. So, yeah, basically... So much more complex than sweets. Yeah, much more complex than sweets. Um, but speaking with Susan, it was really clear to see how passionate she is about leveraging innovation in science and engineering to build a more sustainable society and specifically to make the products and processes greener. So uh, Susan will be speaking on the first day of the event, so that's the 16th of November, at 1.35pm in the SME Growth Summit, and she'll be discussing the company's innovation journey from dormancy to commercialization, uh, and also the challenges and the lessons that they've learned, and she will also be giving some tips for success. So nice, yeah. But make sure you're there to listen to all of her fascinating insights. That's one to to listen to. We've mm. got, I can't remember. We've got, we've got a clip of her. Why not? 
because basically we logged on to do the call and she was like, I'm really sorry, I've got to go to Cambridge can I send you my responses over email? And I was like, do you know what you can? Could that make my life so much easier? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Good stuff. Okay, well, look, lots to look forward to there. And actually, uh, a lot of this content that we've just gone over, I think we've already said is going to be, you know, available in the November magazine, which um, which is probably not far away now, is it, from hitting desk? It's, it can't be because it went to the printers last week. So yeah. it is... Very nearly hot off press. But I mean, we've basically, uh, we've kind of previewed all of it, haven't we then? Is there any more to round up? Shall, shall I just play the jingle? Play, I reckon play the jingle. I'll play the jingle. The Manufacturer Magazine. Oh, there we go. Um, so, I mean, what else... What else can we sort of? So we, we've we've got we've got Parvalux and Unix that we've already spoken about. We've got our uh, Mine and Lana's trip to Europe, going continental with Materialize. Oh, oh, is that is is that coming out in? Oh yeah, that's in November. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, it's in November. Well, that's good. So yeah, um, we've yeah mentioned the um, where Lana tried to infect the entirety of the continent with COVID. But- <laughs> I didn't but, know, and I remember complaining to you, and you were like, oh, just take some paracetamol. I, I did no such thing. I would never be so blasé as to do that. Anything else that's, I mean, I mean, there's, there's loads of great stuff. I mean, is, is there anything else that, that needs kind of a, a, a particular sort of nod ahead of the, the release of this one? I mean, like I say, we have, we have pretty much previewed half the magazine already i think haven't we without meaning to yeah we have really yeah your your interview with uh vita lano you've got your visit to unix yeah Parvalux. and your visit to parvalux our visit to materialize um so yeah i think that's that is about it i reckon I great yeah. well look i mean that will be hitting shelves and desks and doorways very soon so grab yourself a copy but take care while handling because this edition is hot and also just to butt in um if you're at digital manufacturing week then you can pick up a physical copy um so that's just another reason to be there absolutely yeah well Butter me on both sides and stick me under a George Foreman grill. Oh, bloody hell. Yeah. Not together. But <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> not, no, no. You have no right to an opinion. I'm considering sticking my head in the oven to cool off. Just, 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 just a little bit, just a little bit. Like, just a little bit. It's and fine to be a snob. There's nothing wrong with it. Blimey, Lana. I feel quite emotional, to be honest. Weeping tiger, spicy dragon. You're too old. I mean, I don't know how to react to that, really. Can I just say, since being humiliated in the last quiz, you you've I've, done some research, I've, haven't I've you? I've been swatting, and you, ah. that's cheating. And you are going down, Mrs. Dean. I would like to say that that is cheating. Well, hang on, Let, let's have it right. Okay, but this this isn't necessarily a test of manufacturing knowledge. You know, this could be anything. I mean, you can't see the questions. They're they're some of them are just ridiculous. Um, anyway, w- w- what a lovely segue into, into this part of the show, the centrepiece of our, of our series finale, uh, a part of a show I like to call Let's Get Quizzical. 
Best of three questions. Have you been paying attention? And as I just said there, this doesn't necessarily test manufacturing knowledge. Uh, as you may remember from last time, the questions are random. So yeah, our current champion, Lana, uh, will get to go first. Oh, all right. We each get a question. We don't have to, it's not like a buzzy ins kind of thing. Well, there's, there's, there's different, there's different rounds. Oh, I'm okay. nervous. I'm quaking. You should boots. be. You should be. You'll hear this noise when you get a question right. Benadorm, baby. And when you get a question wrong, you will hear this noise. Yeah, but that is just the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. So let's get underway, shall we? <laughs> first question is a, a true or false round. So Lana, true or false? Unix in Pool was the first UK factory to be windowless. True or false? True. Final answer? True. False. Yeah, but that is just the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Oh, I should have taken that as a hint. In your face. I mean, that was unfair for two reasons. One, it was a true or false question, so you got 50-50 chance from the get-go. And two, you went to the bloody visit. Yeah, 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 no, 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 no. So so you're going to get true or false. But uh, this this is going to be a fair quiz, all right? It was a slight trick question. Yeah. The the actual, so so the the, um, uh, Cummings... Well, Cummins were the first factory to be windowless, not Unix. Um, well, I, how was I supposed to know that? Well, because they would have told you that, wouldn't they? I on, don't on, remember on the, that. Well, well, that's the point. Well, they didn't tell you that because, because they, they weren't. Because they weren't. <sighs> this is hard. True or false, Joe? The Siemens site in Congleton was the first site of the UK's first recorded fun fair. Amusement fair. True or false? I don't remember anything being mentioned about that when we went to see then, so I'm going to say false. Final answer. Yes. Benadorm, baby. Correct. Lana, multi-choice. Do that again? I don't don't know if you picked that up, listener, but Lana did a little growl then. She wasn't very happy. (laughs) That's getting clipped. That's going to (laughs) be... Multi-choice now, guys. In Miami, this is Lana. In Miami, what unfortunate way to die is more common than shark attacks? Oh! A, seagulls. B, quicksand. C, vending machines. Vending machines. (laughs) Very good. That was quick. Benadorm, baby. (laughs) I remembered that. Joe, multi-choice for you. In our interview with Will Butler-Adams, what mode of transport had he just travelled on to do his interview with me? A, car, B, Brompton bicycle, C, plane. C, plane, because he was still on it, wasn't he? He was still sat on the runway. Benadorm, baby. Mm. So it's 2-1, and I've just realised I've only written out three questions. So, so depending on who gets this, it may be a tiebreaker. Fastest to react wins. Oh, I'm stressed. Oh, right. Oh, crikey. <laughs> I will be awarding this based on pronunciation. Oh, oh well, then yeah. I'm obviously going to lose. <laughs> Unlucky, Lana. Which European city are additive manufacturers materialised based on? Leuven. Correct. I had COVID at the time. I don't remember where I was. Benadorm, baby. I was disorientated. So the win goes to Joseph Bush. Editor of the manufacturer. Well, I then, thank you. I thank you. Very good stuff. Um, I, I, I'm not congratulating you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a sore loser. 
So uh, that means when we come to the end of our sustainability uh, series, it will be well, it will be best of three, I guess, won't it? Um, and we will see, we'll see who wins that. That is all we have time for. Uh, listener, the next time you hear us, it will be for our sustainability series. We do hope to see you there. My thanks to Joe and Lana. Take care, everyone. See you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.